<laughs> Man, the Kyrie era in Brooklyn is over. Steph goes down with an injury, and the clinic previews the NBA trade deadline. I'm Rosa Panta. This is a clinic, all NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. How about you, my guys? Man, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? I am feeling good. Super Bowl weekend is upon us, and I'm hoping that Sammy's face, his smile, gets wiped off. I'm just kidding, Sammy. Go Chiefs. That's cold-blooded. Sammy, how you living, my friend, despite despite what John just said there? Better before that, but... uh... You know, it's Super Bowl week. I, I have a rooting interest in this game. The Clippers didn't trade for Kyrie. The Lakers didn't either. So I'm, I'm all good. Yeah, man. And, you know, we have some basketball news here. We have to talk about this Kyrie Irving saga here. And I, I kind of want to start this off with how did we get here? How did we get to the trade? And basically, Kyrie Irving, he was wanting this contract extension. And there are reports saying that Kyrie Irving did get said offer. But it was tied to a championship. He needed to win a championship to get extended. I want to start with that. What do you guys think of the Nets offering, potentially, you know, because these are reports, this contract to Kyrie Irving? That offer screams to me, we want to save face and say we offered you a contract, but we don't want you to sign it at all. Because that's such a ridiculous tie-in to to max out. Like, I've heard of incentives where players get bonuses for playoff accomplishments, but that's a whole level of extreme. And this thing felt like Josai clearly didn't want to extend him if the reports that we heard about him afterward were true. And it just sounds like it was set up so that they could save face and say they made an offer. But I, I think the Nets were just ready to move on, and I don't blame them in the slightest, personally. You guys? It's it's funny because while I agree with Sammy that it's not true, in a, an informal way, if Kyrie Irving was part of the reason why the Nets won a championship, they probably wouldn't have tried to trade him, right? They probably would have extended him just by the fact that that's typically what happens when you have t- players on the team. Typically, unless you're the Lakers, you win a championship and you get rid of half your roster. But I digress. So... I, I think it's a little ridiculous, but I mean, you know what? It just, it just, this trade to me is just crazy. I have a lot more to say, but I'll throw it to JJ to get his thoughts first. Yeah, who would have thought, fellas, like coming out of nowhere, like within the last week, that Dallas was interested? And the Nets, you know, they're open about saying that they didn't want to trade to the Lakers due to personal reasons. Which isn't a a good business move. And as we all know, the NBA is a business, but we've seen this before where owners take it personal, players take it personal. So now it's just like, where do we go from here? Which I, you know, Jun, as a host, I'm assuming that you want to talk about Dallas. What do you think about this Dallas trade right now, man? So here's here's the details here. So the Mavericks are sending Dorian Finney-Smith Spencer Dinwiddie, an unprotected 2029 first round pick and a second round or second round picks in 27 and 29 to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie Irving and Marquise Morris. And this 
for the Mavericks, I want to say that I don't like the trade. I'm going to say I'm not a fan of this trade. The reason being is because we don't know what you're getting with Kyrie Irving. Like, you had a great point guard, a good point guard in Brunson not too long ago, and you could have signed him. You could have extended him, right? And they chose not to, and instead they went for someone who is like all-time confusing, dude. One of the most confusing NBA players that I've ever seen. And I want to get your guys' thoughts too. Do you guys agree with me here about the, the Dallas Mavericks side of this trade? With the In terms of the fit, the best case scenario, fellas, if I had to have an analogy with this, would be the LeBron James Kyrie era 2016. Now, you have LeBron and who, you know, is sometimes like Lucas compared to LeBron sometimes, right? And you have Kyrie. They want a championship. So that would be a best case scenario. But there's a caveat with the with what I'm saying with this is that that 2016 16 Cavs, they had great shooters. Richard Jefferson, above average three-point shooter. Shumpert, above the av average three-point shooter. The Mavericks, I mean, right now, I don't think they have great shooters. And to top off, the Cavs defense, even though we consider that 2016 team like an offensive juggernaut, they were also underrated with their defense, ranked ninth, okay? The Mavericks right now, they're ranked 24th. And they just got that much worse by giving up uh, Finney Smith. Another comparison that I wanted to give a shout out to would be the Harden and Chris Paul era. Two ball dominant players could be very similar. Harden is sometimes compared to Luka too. But with that team, they had shooters and a great defensive presence as well. So fellas, I'll go with Sammy first. Do you think that Luka and Kyrie could match those teams? Or at least stay competitive with their current construction on defense? Because offense is not the issue, right? Correct. And uh, to answer your question, no. But that's with a caveat. I don't think they're done. I think there's another move coming by Thursday because they have to replace uh, Finney Smith's size and his defending ability. If you look at what they're left with on the roster right now, I don't know if they're actually expecting Markeith Morris to play. My assumption, honestly, is no, and that's no disrespect. He's just not a rotation player anymore. But you look at their size otherwise, you have JaVale McGee, you have Dwight Powell, Christian Wood, Davis Bertans. You're talking about a lot of players who, outside of McGee and a little bit of Cleaver, there's not a lot of rim protection, there's not a lot of size and they need to address that somehow. Uh, if they don't, then this is not a team that gets past the second round. I think their ceiling is the same as last year, but the thought is always, if you get your stars, it's easier to build around them. And in a sense, I could see that, but I'm, I'm with June on this also, just that I didn't like the trade and defense and chemistry are the big two reasons why. The only other out I will give them that the Mavs gave themselves a little bit with this is if you look at the contracts they traded away and the fact that Kyrie as as of now is a rental because there's no guarantee they're going to give him another contract they actually cleaned up their cap sheet a little bit if they decide to do a little bit of a reset uh, if you look at next year's deals Bertans essentially is an expiring contract Bullock's deal isn't guaranteed 
They've got some room to make moves if they want to. They're just depleted a little bit of assets. But to answer both of your questions, June, I am not a fan of this trade. Jay, the reason I'm not a fan of this trade is the defensive aspect and just obviously the chemistry flags of how are these guys going to share the ball and is Kyrie going to actually function there? John, what are your thoughts? So from a basketball standpoint, I don't really like it. I think they're both ball dominant players. I think if they stagger their minutes, I think they can be I think they can be effective. I'll say that. I'll keep it short. But I think this goes beyond the basketball court because I think one of the things that Mark Cuban wants to do is he wants to appease Luka Doncic because he is his the he is the franchise. He is the cornerstone. And to me this is more of a sign that says, "Hey, I'm still trying to improve the team. It may not work. It may work beautifully. But I'm willing to spend the money. I'm willing to take the risks. And I'm willing to get you help. It's clear that Kyrie is going to help offensively, right? He's going to be able to take the load off Luka in many facets, especially offensively. So that will appease him in that way. Will it appease him long term? Who knows? I mean, but I think it goes beyond basketball, like I said. It goes beyond the, the hardwood, and I think that this is a business move. Obviously, you're going to get more people interested in the Mavericks. Kyrie is a star. No way you cut it, slice it, put it. He's a star on the basketball court, despite all his antics. So I'll leave it at that. And I want to get, Ro, your thoughts on, on what you think of my assessment. I think that Kyrie Irving... And Luka Doncic, I think the minutes are probably going to be split. And I think that takes a lot of the load off of Luka Doncic. So as far as like managing Luka's minutes and his usage, I think this is like a great move. But they're going to have to score so many points, <laughs> like just to win games. They're going to score a lot of points. But like Sammy said, there could be a move coming next. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Now with the Nets here, I'm going to switch us to the Nets now. So they acquired um, DFS and also Spencer Dinwiddie and a bunch of picks. And apparently their plan is um, with the picks that they acquired, they're looking to move those picks in hopes to improve the roster around Kevin Durant. And now I want you guys to kind of rate um, how the Nets did. How did they come out after this trade? I mean, I'll, I'll lead us off here. I think yeah. they actually did okay. I, I don't totally mind how how they did in terms of the, on the opposite end of Dallas. That's actually going to be a very good defensive team now. If you look at the construction of who's on there, they've got a lot of 3 and D wings. KD, for, all of, for his own ability, is actually a very solid defender as well. Now, that being said... This team is not a serious contender without another move themselves. And what I keep going back to, if the reports are confirmed and they seem reputable that they refuse to deal Irving to the Lakers, I think that kind of vendetta and the fact that they were probably afraid Katie would ask out is why they didn't take that Laker deal. And I mentioned that because those two picks we've been talking about, the 27 and 29 Laker picks, there's just so much uncertainty around the team then. I felt like those were the two best assets offered. And they did get offered some pretty solid deals. But I wonder if Josiah was just adamant he wasn't going to trade Irving there because that's what he wanted. And if they were also afraid Katie was going to ask out. So I give them a BB minus, but I don't think they took the best deal on the table personally. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I don't I don't think they got the best trade, but I think they were they were obviously it was a rush against the clock, right? I mean the trade deadline is within less than five days away. So they had to move fast. And the closer you get to the trade deadline, the less leverage you have because you're all against the clock and you have to get trade him, otherwise you're gonna lose him for nothing. So you gotta do it sooner than later, and they probably just took the best deal that they could. I mean, I, I don't blame them for the deal, but to answer your question, they could have gotten a better deal most likely if they, some, if maybe if they waited. But I think the risk was too great for them, so they, they opted against it. Would you have taken the Lakers deal if you were the Nets, not as a Laker fan? And the Lakers deal for uh, since we didn't announce it outright, the the rumored deal was Westbrook and the twenty-seven to twenty-nine first-round picks. I would have for the picks, and then also that's a lot of money coming off Westbrook's contract. Right. And depending if the Lakers were to offer Max Christie, who I think is actually a solid, they the Lakers draft really well, despite what you say about them. They've had actually gotten a lot of good players in this first late first round, second round. Max Christie looks like he has a lot of potential, and Austin Reeves is turning into a good solid role player. So, yeah, I mean, that would have been the one. But again, like you said, Josiah is petty p capital p e t t y <laughs> and i'm sure west if there's anybody who durant did not want to play with even if it would just be for a half a season it's probably brody russell westbrook so i'm not surprised gotcha. yeah with that situation it's like who who really didn't want this to happen was it josiah or was it kevin durant because they both have reasons right but anyway jj go ahead i'm uh, like it has to be kd because who's your the main superstar that you've been trying to keep happy, right? And to think about it, the whole net situation, I wanted to throw it back to you guys, but I want to say who's to blame. I, I mean, it's it's an unfair question, but who's who's to blame for this whole situation, man? Like, should KD have been more of a leader and say like, enough is enough? Hey, Kyrie. Get your ass on the court and play. You're you're making us like play here. Is it the Nets organization for letting the superstars having too much power? Can you imagine that the three major superstars within the past 12 months have all requested a trade? Harden, KD, and Kyrie, right? And then you're thinking about what's been going on with like this whole situation with Kyrie. It's like they made this kind of they wasted till the last minute where like John just stated like they're they're trying to beat the clock and we all know that when you're trying to beat the clock you're not going to get the assets that you want so KD now has Dinwiddie and Ben Simmons as his duo or his trio <laughs> instead of <laughs> Kyrie and Harden and I know that the net we're talking about the nets here but i want to make out one last point gentlemen which is Kyrie. we talk about Kyrie. we talk about dame a lot june who was his, who's dame's best teammate ever best teammate ever yeah uh who would you say it's probably gotta be aldridge. aldridge aldridge yeah i would say lamarcus aldridge okay john check this Kyrie has Played with LeBron, arguably top three of all time. Harden, top 25 on a lot of people's list. He's played with KD, top 15 at least, right? Tatum, up and coming. Jalen Brown, up and coming. 
and Kevin Love, who's gonna make a case for Hall of Fame. Is Kyrie the problem? Yes. Next question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I blame. I blame Kyrie. Yeah. Completely. I mean, he, I know he has his reasons and stuff like that. So blame is like a tough, a tough thing to really say. Yeah. It's more like Kyrie was was like the the reason for a lot of the turmoil on the Nets. Um, He's definitely a problem child. Yes, I, I think there's a, a trend, as you meant, as you so eloquently put, JJ, listing all the names and stars and legends that he's played with. I do think, and this is not me defending Kyrie's antics, <laughs> but this is putting it into perspective that I do think he did the Nets a solid by saying, hey, if you don't trade me, I'm just going to walk because in that scenario, the Nets would have gotten nothing. So I think we have to give some slither of credit to Kyrie the here. And I I want to just kind of present the, the two other trades on the board. Like, I know the Lakers one probably wouldn't happen because Josiah or Kevin Durant probably would have blocked it. Um, but with the Suns one, there was Chris Paul, Jay Crowder and a first round pick. That was the offer. With the Clippers, it was Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, and a first-round pick, and two swaps. Do you guys think that the Nets actually came out with the best deal, considering those two deals were also on the table? The Nets should have taken the Clippers deal, so I can see Sammy's reaction. <laughs> oh, God. That, we could have given up three future second-round swaps, and I still wouldn't have been happy with that trade. I, it's it's depend to me it depends on what were the Nets looking to accomplish. Are they looking to win now? Then you take either the Suns deal, I think, or the or the uh, excuse me the Mavs deal. And that depends on what you think of Chris Paul at this point. If you're looking to kind of rebuild and retool, then it's the Lakers trade or the Clippers trade, depending on what the Nets thought of Terrence Mann. Which, to be frank with you, I was a little surprised was offered in this deal. Um. I still think the trade was the Lakers trade, but I'm not totally mad at the return they got. So I don't think they lost necessarily, but they got better deals than honestly I expected them to, all things considered from my end. JJ, what do you think? If I were the Nets, I would have took the Lakers trade. I mean, LeBron and AD, I don't see them playing in those years that those first round picks so I would assume those picks would be pretty high but maybe Polinka knows what he's doing right John <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah no maybe <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna oh go ahead go ahead John no I'm not I'm just saying maybe that's it <laughs> nice. I might just repeat maybe for <laughs> until I convince myself that maybe is maybe the right answer. Well, only time will tell how this trade turns out. And I'm going to take us to our next topic here. Steph Curry is expected to be out through All-Star break. And, you know, during a game, he ended up bumping knees with, um, man, I forget who it was uh, on OKC, but ended up bumping knees and apparently has partial tears to a superior tibiofibular ligaments. And... I wanted to ask you guys, like, how do we feel about the Warriors right now? I know they just won a game against OKC. 
with Steph Curry being out this long, how far are the Warriors going to drop down? Or are you guys, do you guys have confidence that they'll be able to kind of hold steady? I mean, with this whole thing with the Warriors, it's like the metrics are there that they're about to go on this huge run. They've been dealing with these injuries. When they finally get a flow going, Jun, and you watch them on a consistent basis, like myself, it's like, all right, the Warriors could finally get something going, get a winning streak, and then something happens. And then now, when it's a very imperative time for them to get rolling, Steph Curry gets injured. But the thinking of a Warrior fan is the following. If there's anything that the regular season tells us is that the Warriors just need to get in and they did turn it on. The issue is, can they turn it on this year with all the turmoil that they went through? You have Jordan Poole, the Draymond incident. You have this mixture of the old trying to blend with the new roster but they don't have any glue guys which i know we're going to talk about in a little bit with uh, potential trade assets and without the glue guys you're not going to win because the glue guys put it all together so for me it's this is just weird territory because the warriors are title contenders until they lose they are they they are the defending champions by default because they won last year. Will they have the will they have the opportunity to defend it during the playoffs is the question. Yeah. To answer your question, uh, that depends. Either the West is really tight and everybody knows that the what the fourth seed, I don't have it in front of me, but the fourth seed and the twelfth or thirteenth seed is probably separated by three to four games. And uh, four and a half, yeah. Four and a half. So you yeah. can fall considerably losing a handful of games, right? Yeah. And that's kind of unprecedented that we haven't, I don't think we've ever seen a race this tight between eight or nine seats. And you add that play in component here, and you know, you have a better chance now because there are two more spots to get in to, to possibly make the playoffs. But it's still really tight and it's it's unfortunate because it is kind of happening in the home stretch here right after the all-star break there's going to be what 27 26 games left and it really depending on how steph curry how he rehabs how he comes back from this injury i know it's not serious but if the warriors go kind of on a losing streak which is totally possible without your best player far and away your best player i don't know um I would hope I would remain optimistic for JJ and Roe and RJ because they're homies. But if I'm being honest, I, I, I'd still be a little skeptical if Steph Curry's out for an extended period of time. It all depends, though. Jordan Poole can turn it on. He sh- if he plays what he dim- what he the contract that he received, then he could keep them afloat. <laughs> but that's that's a big ask, and I'm I'm sure you guys can can uh, vouch for me or at least vent if you would like sammy i will uh, defer to you before we go to yeah, that is a big if john yeah based on the <laughs> reaction of jj in particular I, I don't know exactly if, dude. what jordan Poole will be turning on um so i will say this based on initial reports it looks like steph isn't it's not going to be a tool long-term an injury uh, his trainer is pretty optimistic 
So I think the Warriors will be okay, but a big part of that is you never want to lose your best player. But here are the next 10. Portland, Lakers, Wizards, Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, Wolves, Portland again, Clippers, Pelicans. You have arguably, call it three, as of right now as it stands, three games against playoff teams in that group. If there was a time to lose your best player, this is the kind of stretch where maybe they can still go six and four, seven and three, uh, maybe even better. Uh, I know they beat Oklahoma City pretty easily tonight. Sounded like Clay went retro and went for over 40 tonight. Yeah. So if you have those 10 games and he misses those, they might actually come out of it around the same spot they're in now, maybe a little ahead. And part of that will be scheduling, which will help. But as we, as I mentioned earlier, I do think the Warriors might need to add a player anyway, whether or not they're fully healthy. Like a Caruso makes a ton of sense there. So they'll be a title contender because again, you're not a title contender, or you can't, the, the champion has the right to defend their title. I always believe that. I do believe they'll be there, but I think the bench needs help either way. So they need stuff to get healthy, and I think they need to add a piece as it is. So that's that's how I see this. But at least timing-wise, I think they got fortunate. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you, Sammy. And only time will tell. Uh, hopefully, Jordan Poole can can get it together, man. Especially late in games. And I'm gonna take us actually to a break with a word from our sponsor. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app now and sign up with code TVPN. New customers can bet $5 in the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TVPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yes, indeed. With that being said, we're going to talk about John Morant and his entourage and this weird laser incident. And for the sake of time, I'm going to just kind of summarize this. Basically, there were um, there was an incident with one of uh, the Pacers teams and his family who were traveling via SUV. And apparently this SUV was slowed down and stopped by people in John Morant's camp or entourage. And apparently the SUV felt like they were in danger. There was a laser that was pointed at the car. And apparently one person who was present said, we felt like we're in grave danger. And another person who's security said, that's 100% a gun. And apparently this has been addressed. It's been, it's been brought up to, to the league and from now on, I guess, um, I think John Morant's entourage is actually banned now from games. And I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think of this incident? It's a little strange, but what's your guys' commentary here? here? Here's another added story to the resume of why the Grizzlies are the most beloved franchise in sports right now. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. They, they've been watching too much of Last of Us, dude. I, yeah, think that's, like, I think that's what happened. Like, fellas, you got to surround yourself with people that make you better. And this is a prime example where, like, as Dave Chappelle would eloquently say, keeping it real goes wrong. 
But I don't know if Jump Morant is even like keeping it real. To be frank, like he doesn't strike me one that has that history. But who am I to say that? What I do know is that he's a professional athlete that's about to get paid two hundred million dollars. That is up and coming and is starting to sell one of the most uh, like sold jerseys in the league. And you've been in the news for the wrong reasons. And recently, you just tweeted out about this incident and being really angry about how your homie is no longer allowed into games. Like you got to realize, man, that you're in a situation where you should feel blessed. And like play basketball. Can we just play basketball? Can we talk about the Grizzlies basketball play instead of this <laughs> nonsense that they've been doing? I don't think he wants to lately because they're two and eight in their last ten. So maybe they wanted to do something else. Um, <laughs> Day. I'm just <laughs> keeping it real. Is going wrong. Keep it, keep it uh, real. It goes <laughs> right. Goes um, right. Yeah. John, go ahead. Do you have anything to add on? I was just going to say, I didn't know John Moran was hanging out with Gilbert Arenas (laughs) in uh, 2023. (laughs) Is that what's happening? Where it's going. Bust them. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what else to add to this, but like JJ said, yeah, I mean, the company that you keep, you just got to be smart about it and you got to, Cause stuff like this, man, your life can change in an instant. And I'm not yeah. gonna get, I'm not gonna start sitting here preaching and trying to tell people what to do. But like, that's just what, what's, what's the point of this, right? I mean, like, you guys had an altercation on the basketball court. You don't like each other, but really, like, you, this is what it, you, what you think you have to resort to. It's just, it's crazy to me, man. Like, come on, that's all I gotta say. So John, John Morant's tweet that JJ was alluding to was, did an investigation seeing they were capping still let a article come out, paint this negative image on me and my fam, ban my brother from home games for a year. Unbelievable. And then a laughing emoji. Well, I'm glad that John Morant did an investigation. I'm going to take us to our next topic here. We're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline preview. And because this is the Clinic NBA pod, we're going to talk about our favorite teams here. Our teams, the teams we like to cheer for. And I want to ask you guys, like, with the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, what are some needs and some players that you guys would like to see your team target? Well, I'll I'll start here. Um, the Clippers have what has become a gaping hole at point guard. John Wall, right. unfortunately, hasn't worked out. He's hurt right now. Uh, Reggie Jackson's always been a first uh, shoot first guard, which has not been a problem, but they just don't need that this year, and he struggled a bit. And what's happening is Kawhi is actually playing very good ball right now. PG's back, he looks healthy, but they're initiating so much of the offense that it looks like they're wearing down in the fourth quarter. So I want to throw this stat out at you guys that uh, one of the Clippers writers uh, basically illustrated on on Twitter yesterday. So. This is the Clippers' offensive rating by quarter in Kawhi and PG lineups and what they would rank as an NBA team this season. In the first quarter, they'd be second overall. Second and third quarters, they'd be first. In the fourth, they'd be 29th. 
it falls and the last three games have illustrated that the nets knicks and bucks games they've had big leads in all fourth quarters they blew the bucks game after being up by 20. they had to go to overtime to beat the knicks and they hung on and beat the nets tonight with basically a depleted roster cam thomas scored like 50 points tonight but they've got to fill that spot the the big name that they're being talked about outside of kyrie is fred van fleet and I like him a lot. I think it would cost him too much to get him. The player I actually think would fit really well, and it wouldn't be a huge splash, but I just think the fit is right, is actually Mike Conley. They just need a guy who knows how to get other guys open, won't need the ball that much himself, won't cost a lot to get because he, uh, you know, he's at a point in his career, he's 35-36. Utah's obviously going younger. I, I think they could get him for just an expiring deal plus a, a pick or two, like a second round pick or two. Next year, his contract is only partially guaranteed for about $14 million. Reggie Jackson's contract and Walls are off the books anyway if they want to go that route. So that's the hole for the Clippers. They've got to find a guard, and then they could also really use a backup big, but typically those guys you can find on the waiver wire or in a quicker deal. So I'd like to see them get both, but to me, the bigger hole right now is actually point guard. Who, who would be the pieces that would be leaving? So it seems like Kennard would be offered potentially. Uh, Robert Covington's been talked about a lot. Mm. If the player is, like if it was Van Fleet, I think Terrence Mann would be on the table, which for me, I really like the, he fits. He's such a good glue piece. I hope they don't trade him, but he was apparently offered for Kyrie. So he's out there in the right trade. But I think the first few pieces you're looking at are Kennard, Covington, and then They've got some younger pieces. Brandon Boston is a really uh, intriguing young guy that I think they would offer in some picks. So I think those are the pieces. So you're not looking for a huge splash, just someone who can fit and just help run the offense. Got you. John, what about the Lakers? What about the Lakers? Uh, Yeah, wow. It's a loaded question, man. How much time we got? Like hour, hour and a half? Okay. As much time as you need. As man. much time as I need. Nah, yeah. don't don't say that. I might take you up on that. So, I think the Lakers need another point guard so that Darvin Ham can run a five five player point guard uh, lineup and uh, <laughs> get out rebounded by a hundred. No, okay. He has run four players at once though. I love Darvin Ham, but sometimes he makes questionable decisions. But then again, Palenka did only give us like eight point guards on the team. So, I do think the Lakers need, I mean, I don't even know if this is possible, but I would love Zach Levine on the Lakers. And I know the Bulls are kind of in a free fall. They're not playing well. I don't know if they take Russell Westbrook. Obviously, it would take more than that, maybe the the first round picks. But I think getting another wing who has the potential to be a a good defender in a system where Darvin Ham can emphasize that. He's 6'5". He can obviously shoot. He's another player who can play. I think he can play off the ball. Um, I think he would do great with LeBron and AD. Other than that, I mean, maybe just... I, I think Mike Conley was also getting floated around, like Sammy said. So if he... But again, we already have guys like Dennis Schroeder. Um, but Conley's more smooth. And he's a better shooter. Which I think would fit really well with the Lakers. Because if God knows, one thing that we need is shooting. So other than that... I don't know what else is out there other than these names that are being floated around. I think the Lakers need more size. I think they need another center. I just don't know who would be available and what the Lakers would trade. But, and I honestly, I'm expecting them to not make a move. Don't be, 
Don't have high expectations, you'll never be disappointed. What is that? Is that a super? That's from Spider-Man, right? <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you, th do you think the Lakers are going to make a move by the trade deadline? I think they have to to make LeBron happy. Yeah, yeah that tweet, that tweet was upset. wild. Yeah, yeah, we got to talk about LeBron's tweet really quick. And that is, interview, is it too. Me? <laughs> they don't have yeah. to make him happy. I mean, they should, but he's still under contract. What's, <laughs> what's funny to me is... Now, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Maybe I, I don't want to overreact to it, but... Guys like that tweet all the time, but who knows? Is it possible that he was just listening to, to like, uh, who's that artist? Uh, Dashboard Confessional. Maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> any any Hi. emo any emo song from early two thousands. Hi, it's me. I'm yeah. the problem. It's me. Uh, <laughs> Whoever sings that song. Uh, I think they make a anyway. move, but it's minor. I, I don't think uh, they trade. Okay. The, I don't think they trade the first. I think they trade another Agreed. second or two. And I mean, it seems like the Hachimura trade so far has been pretty solid. I, I could see them making another move like that. JJ, what about the Golden State Warriors? <clears throat> well, Sammy touched on this, which is the perfect fit would be Alex Caruso, which you know would be a, another version of GP two. We saw Crusoe win a championship with John's Lakers back in the bubble, and this dude plays tremendous D. He knows how to get rebounds and just plays with heart. And most importantly, with the defense aspect, he uh, could hold his ground at the point of attack. We see the Warriors time and time again that if there's a fast guard or point guard, they just get beat all the time. And right. I know that uh, Dim Vincenzo Jun has been playing great as of lately, but I don't know. There's a stat that I know that uh, Tim Kawakami of The Athletic wrote uh, in regards to win shares. Dante Dim Vincenzo has a 2.1 win share, where GP2 and Otto Porter Jr., GP2 at 5.2 and Otto Porter at 4.9. So, what's that really saying is that our bench unit hasn't been contributing. Our front office has been counting on the young guys and Moody, Wiseman haven't been performing at all. And we just need someone to link, as I said earlier, with the old roster with the new. And I think Caruso's the perfect blend to match both or to transition to both. Would you take Josh Hart if you couldn't get Alex Caruso? Oh man, well you tell me, sell, sell me on it, since you've watched him as a Monday, Wednesday, Friday Blazer fan as John he, <laughs> Before you jump in there, I will say, Josh Hart is great, at, he's a good defender, he hustles, he can get to the rim, but he's not a good, he's not a great shooter. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I feel like um, Alex Caruso would be definitely better but I think an Alex Caruso light is kind of like a Josh Hart. And he does all the dirty work. He also is a great rebounder. I think I want to say he's averaging like maybe like six or seven rebounds a game as a guard, which is great. Um, but yeah, that the, the the defensive stuff. And then honestly, the biggest problem with the Warriors, the distinct difference between last year and this year is the defense has dropped off significantly. So even on games where we have Steph Curry scoring 40 with like a Klay Thompson 20 and a Jordan Poole 23, 
we still lose these games because we can't seem to stop when or get stops when it's needed the most. And I think we need more defensive help. That's what I think. But anyway, I think that's all we have time for today. Um, I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, man. Uh, it haven't it hasn't been the five of us in a long time, and I miss all of us here together. So I wanted to yeah. give a quick shout out to us five. Shout out. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. And I was kidding earlier, Sammy. Go Chiefs. Seriously, <laughs> go Chiefs. <laughs> and Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Hey, man. Can't wipe the smile off my face before Sunday, so apology semi-accepted. <laughs> and shout out to RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.